Welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. I'm your host, Nathan Callanan, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jack Lynch. We're coming to you from Melbourne, Australia, where it's currently 8.27pm on uh, Tuesday. There we go. I'm back. I'm back, Jack. <laughs> Some things never change. <laughs> on Tuesday, the uh, 19th of uh, October, 2021, we are back. The Bronx Cheer Basketball is back, and the NBA season, by the time you're watching this, is probably starting in a couple of hours. So this will be a, a part one of a uh, season's predictions. We're going to try and uh, predict where uh, the first part of these teams will finish, especially in comparison to where they finished last season. We'll touch on the Ben Simmons saga and also Kyrie Irving's antics. And also, if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and the notifications bell. And if you're listening on whatever podcast app you're listening from, hit that subscribe or follow button. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. JL, we're on what? TikTok. Don't forget that. Really? <laughs> You've made the jump. Um, so, uh, it's going to be a great show. It's time for tip-off. Once again, welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. I'm joined by a guy. Let's refresh it again. I'm joined by a guy who scored a bucket on Ben Simmons. JL, how are you? Mate, I don't quit on my team, so I am fantastic. <laughs> Did you see the video today of him in the first practice? And uh, basically when practice ended, they got in the huddle. He just straight out walks out. He walks. Did you see it? Oh, boy. No, I didn't. Oh, this is, yeah, just, nah, so, this is music to my so, ears, so, mate. <laughs> So Ben Simmons has had his first practice. It was sort of today, yesterday, you know, we're here in Melbourne. We're like, I don't know, more than half a day away from uh, Eastern American time. But um, the Sixers and Ben are reunited, but it's not a happy marriage at the moment. It's it's anything but. <laughs> i got to tell you, JL, we did have a bit of a hiatus here, but i got to say, I reckon we may have chosen the best off-season to have a hiatus. There was absolutely nothing going on. No, it's uh, it's been dreadful. There's no... no. I mean, we we say this, but we could have just beat, been the dead horse for weeks and weeks about Kyrie and Ben. So have we actually missed anything other than what we already know? That's right. That's right. If there's, uh, I was thinking that whole off season, you know, and I was going and starting the Bronxshire football. If you're into soccer, football, whatever you call it, make sure you go check out that uh, other show of the Bronxshire. Um, and I was thinking to myself, perfect time to be, you know, away from basketball because this whole Ben Simmons crap has been such bullshit. Um, as a Sixers fan, just to comment on it, like. I don't know. I trust in Daryl Morey, and I think that he's played it right. You know, I want to get the right package for Ben. Um, but, man, Ben has really made it difficult for us. Um, I think Daryl's made it di- I, difficult for you as well. He's asking for the world and more. Yeah. Well, I, I think that, I mean, we can't spend too much time on it. But I think oh, that... Oh, we will. Um, <laughs> we're not just, just not tonight. <laughs> Every single episode, we're touching back on this. We, uh, we we will get to the Sixers in our predictions next week, but yeah, we'll talk about the Sixers ne- next week. Everyone's sick of hearing about the Ben Simmons saga. What I can tell you, uh, all our audience, is that Ben Simmons is not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, you you got the same feeling? All-star break, surely. He can't be there post-all-star break. Yeah, no, I, I, I reckon definitely... I reckon the most int- interesting time that is to come is the d- trade deadline, you know, around then, as which is the all-star break and that. Um, 
But until then, I don't think it's anything's going to happen. We're waiting for like your Beal or your Lillard, and they're not really moving at this stage. But I feel like it's in Philly's best interest to get him out ASAP because obviously, even with Ben playing, you're going to be in the playoff contention. And it's more of a how much time can we get Embiid and hypothetically Beal or Lillard or whoever it may be. Yeah. Time to coexist and adjust together. Yeah. I just think that right now we we have to wait. Unfortunately, with those types of caliber players, we have to wait for Beal to ask out. Um, You know, there's the whole Dame thing. Unfortunately, the way I see it, Dame, regardless of if he does want out, I don't see Dame ever being the type to ask out mid-season. So I reckon that ship has sailed for this season. Um, And Beal, I reckon we're waiting on Beal in terms of that's the most realistic before the trade deadline star. Um, And it's so interesting to see what happens. Um, also, Kyrie Irving, I thought it was a funny note to put in that uh, the last sort of uh, Google Docs that we had for our episode, JL, um, I had Kyrie Irving uh, said he got fined for saying like this time last year or something, I do not talk to pawns, my attention is worth more. And, and you know, nearly a year later or what, whenever this is um, in the future, we're dealing with more Kyrie Irving bullshit. <laughs> Some things, mate, like you stumbling on introductions, some things never change. He's, uh, uh, what, what's quick, what's your, we're doing predictions here. What's your prediction on uh, Kyrie Irving? Will he get the vax or will, will he get the vax before New York's laws? Um, who, what's the, who will win the race, did you, basically? Did you see my notes on this? I even wrote my, my prediction on this in our, in our doc. And it says, "All right, my hopes are that Brooklyn you know what? is. I want them to be absolutely flying. I want them to be first in the East by a long way. And Kyrie, either one way or another, <laughs> Kyrie's been sitting out, and Brooklyn are first in the East, dominating, blowing teams out by twenty. Plenty of high fires on the bench. And then either the mandate's going to change or Kyrie's going to get vaccinated. I don't know which one, but I hope he comes back and absolutely ruins it. <laughs> I just want all those cogs to fall apart and just all chemistry going. That is my dream. In terms of your question, what's going to be first? I've got no idea. Oh. Um, pro- probably New York changing the mandate, honestly. I know nothing about their uh, politics pe- in New York, but surely Kyrie's not going to change his mind at now. All right, well, let's get straight into it. Uh, let's start off with the Atlanta Hawks at the top of the alphabet. Um, our predictions for them. So last season, the Hawks, wow, what a surprising season. They they showed us their intentions in that offseason that they wanted to come for real. You know, they got uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and they also picked up all those players. I mean, they picked up, um, was it Lou Williams last year they went and got? They did. Um, who... Uh, and then, Rondo? They, yeah, Rondo, they <laughs> went and got. Um, they also went and got Chris Dunn and Danilo Gallinari. And it's just, we mean business. And you know what? Considering, you know, the team they had, I thought that they did well. They took a game off the Bucks. They took, they didn't, it was 4-1, wasn't it? I the, so. the conference finals. Uh, they took a game off the Bucks. Of course, they beat the Sixers and Seven in the second round of the playoffs. Uh, so they finished, the Atlanta Hawks on the table finished fifth, fourth? Uh, fifth, 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 just below the New York Knicks, they would you believe Knicks it? in the first round. 
So what are you thinking about the Atlanta Hawks this season? Okay, first prediction is I don't think if Trey Young's open underneath the basket... No, sorry. <laughs> I don't think if a 6'9 player is open underneath the basket with Trey Young defending them, they're going to pass out to the three-point line at all this season. <laughs> I reckon that's happened, that's happened once so far in the off-season, I mean, the postseason. That'll do it. But in terms of what the Hawks are going to do, it's one of those weird things, and I've popped this in the notes here, and it sort of happened with OKC back in like 2011. Um, it'll probably happen with Phoenix again this year when it's a young team that for the first time succeed, go deep, and then no one really rates them because it's like, oh, that's a fluke. That's not going to happen again. Um, and I've kind of got that feeling with this. Like You look at them and they're not that good in a way. Like They've got Trey Young who obviously is proved, has proved his worth and shown why he's going to be one of the top top players in the league in a few years. But then there is a big drop-off. Um, obviously, Bogdanovich can play. John Collins can play. Gallinari can play. Capella can play. But it's very much... Trey Young and the other guys. They're deep. They've got about 12 blokes that can play 20 minutes, but I don't see that number two option, you know, like Chris Middleton became from Milwaukee. Um, they'll be top four in the East, but I don't. I wouldn't peg them for conference finals again. You think top four? You think is? Are you leaning more towards they might edge, like if they're going to fall a little bit or... You think that's higher than last season? I'll I think give it's, you that. It's but higher, but not it's higher in terms of standings, but not in terms of Eastern Conference Finals. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that. I mean, the East should be heavier up the top this year anyway. With Boston should yep. be back up there. Milwaukee, we know, are definitely going to be up there. Miami could be back up there. Um, New York, even probably better than last year. Chicago, even better than last year. I mean, like it's the East has only gotten better. I think overall, and I don't think. Atlanta, they might win games. I just don't think they're going to have good success in the postseason. That little comment on Boston being up the top. Well, the Boston Celtics are next, but I'll just finish on the Hawks before we get to the Celtics. Um, I think that the Hawks, look, come at me all you want, but the Hawks definitely, you know, received a bit of luck facing this Sixers team that loves to implode in the second round of the playoffs. They are good. They've got good players. But as you're alluding to, you know, for me, it's just simple. Miami, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. That That's like a... And then there's a fall-off. I, I think that Philly should be in that, that top that top tier. But our our troubles with Ben Simmons is put us in the, the next tier down with these types of teams. Um, obviously, these players are going to grow, like Kevin Herter, you know, Okongu and Hunter and... And uh, Trey Young, See, they're deep. It's just, it's just, there's no one that I can rely about on other than Trey. Yeah, um, and he's still, of course, a liability on the defensive end. It's still something about it that they're just not quite, you know, for me, ready to get anywhere near that top tier. Let's move on to your Boston Celtics, who you just mentioned. I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. You putting them in the top tier with Milwaukee, no, Miami? No. Did you hear oh, the, at least? Milwaukee did you hear the teams I listed? I didn't mention Brooklyn. I'm pretty sure I said- mentioned Chicago. I mentioned New York. I'm saying these are the teams that are getting better in the East. And that's they're the ones that are going mm. to be potentially jumping Atlanta. Um, that's right. Boston, I really don't know what to... When we got rid of Kemba, I was like, thank fuck Kemba's gone because for the money, is not worth it. That being said, you, you look at the 
the ins we've had, and it doesn't really strike me as a a deep team. But that being said, it's it's almost like the Atlanta situation. It's just got a lot of guys that can play good minutes there and can hold their own um, with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who, you know, I'll talk about them all day. I think what's going to make Boston a deep playoff team, if they can, if they can get there, what's going to make them take that jump will be Robert Williams. Um, and once again, you know I've been saying this for a while. I think he's the piece that <laughs> elevates. He, he raises the Celtics ceiling. If he does, if he stays where he is now, Boston's going to finish sixth in the East, fifth or sixth. Whereas if he can take a take a leap and become what DeAndre Jordan was for the for the Lob City Clippers or you know someone like that, that's where Boston's going to shine. The Boston Celtics. So that last season they finished they finished uh, seventh. Hilarious, loved it. Um, <laughs> um, I can see them going. I can see them going up. A, it's a tough one, you know, because and also Brad Stevens. Yes, he's now GM, and that's still a position to be in. But there's no more Brad Stevens in terms of. I would always talk about how Brad Stevens one of the best coaches in the NBA, and he would elevate your level. Um, is it Ime Udoka? Yeah, the new coach was previously an assistant at San Antonio and even Philly. I don't know. I'm a bit sort of, uh, I'm a bit cautious about where I'm going to put Boston. I in our preseason predictions last season, I think I put them third or second or something like that. Um, I'm going to put them so they will finish seventh. I'll give them, I'll give them sixth, just for you. All right, that's my little Thanks, present mate. to you. No, I think <laughs> as a, it, it's almost nice having no pressure though. I don't think anyone's really putting yeah. them on the map or actually taking them seriously this year and. It depends how much of a jump Tatum and Brown can make. Obviously, Tatum's sort of already at that top 10, top 15 level. Um, if Brown can sort of reach in there and that, you know, consistent top 20 to 30 sort of guy. Um, but we've heard for so long how good Langford's going to be and Neesmith, even Peyton Pritchard. And it's one of those things where Boston's a weird team where it's kind of like a small market, but kind of not. You know, where small markets have their, their young players and they their fans just are obsessed with them, even though they're going to turn out to, they pan out into nothing. Boston's in that, yeah. that weird sort of period where their fans still do that, but the media doesn't really get around them. So I don't really know where those three players lie, but if they can take that step that, you know, Danny Ainge predicted before he left, there's a chance they can elevate, but I'm not sold. Um, and just a hilarious note on the Boston Celtics, uh, they swept the Philadelphia 76ers in the bubble um, <laughs> when, when we, in that season when we had Al Horford um, and Josh Richardson on the court with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And Brad Stevens, in charge of picking the team, is like, you know what? They were terrible. I'm going to bring in yeah. Al Horford <laughs> and Josh Richardson. <laughs> nah, it is very different, but it's just, it's like, okay. It helps uh, when they've got players that can just, shoot around them. Yeah, definitely. Enjoy Josh Richardson because uh, he's not getting any minutes. Daryl Morey, yeah, Daryl Morey, man, what a what a downhill uh, sort of slide he's been on <laughs> since leaving the Miami Heat to come to Philly. Daryl Morey made a beautiful trade to you know it. We sort of traded. Do you mean um, Houston? Him, him and a 
Pardon? Do you mean Houston? Josh Richardson? Oh, I thought you meant Maury's winner on a slide. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, no. Jay Rich. Yeah. Um, he, he, we traded, Daryl Maury came in and then he traded a pick and Jay Rich for Seth Curry. And at the time I was like, whoa, that's, that's a bit of a weird one. But Seth Curry, what a beautiful fit for the Sixers. Josh Richardson went to the Dallas Mavericks and barely got, you know, got minutes because he's such a weird player. He was, I think he was, he had the perfect role when he was at Miami because he was sort of their best player or their highest scorer on a, you know, on a fringe playoff team or not making the playoffs team. That's where Josh Richardson can give you 20, 25 points a game, 21 points a game on a, um, on a fringe playoff team or a shitty team. But when it comes to helping out you know, a good team. He's proven that he's just too weird. He's he's got a weird shot. He can't shoot. Um, he's not. He he can hold the ball, but he's not creative at all. He's got. He's this, not a point guard. He's got this rep as a good defender, and I haven't yet to see it. I think he's average. Yeah, and there's that as well. He takes off games. I know all defenders do, but he takes off games defensively. He um he's just hilarious, and it'll be interesting to see. After the Boston Celtics didn't want to pay Al Horford that big contract, it's it's funny that you get him back on it. But moving on, let's talk about who I would call the favourites to win the championship, and I'm sure many would. The Brooklyn Nets. Um, they they lost uh, Chris Chioza. Is it Chioza or Chioza? Mate, I got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie went off to Washington. Jeff Green also departed, and uh, they let Tyler Johnson go, which is sad. Meth, um, meth Curry. Uh, <laughs> DeAndre Jordan, who was brought in as part of the three best friends, was soon shoved to the back for um for what, what's their big man? Ma- Who's that that they like there? Claxton. Yeah. Claxton. I forgot about he him. Soon this is the this... minutes off DeAndre Jordan. Landry Shamit, who I honestly didn't even know until today because he signed a, a contract extension or something today, hmm. has gone to the Phoenix Suns. I did not know that Landry Shamit was on the Phoenix Suns. He's gone. So uh, those, are the, those are the outs for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge unretired. He's back. His heart is... His, his heart is okay, apparently. Um... Your man, Javon Carter, has come from the Phoenix Suns, <laughs> and he's a great backup point guard. You'll, you'll see it, everyone. Him. Paddy Mills. Good on you, Paddy. Can we get some uh, Fever Paddy? If, if Fever Paddy rocks up for Brooklyn, yes. it's over. They don't, oh need, they don't want Kyrie back if that's yeah. the case. Why would you? Fever Paddy is the greatest player ever pick up a basketball. And also a bit curious, quick one, let's start it off. What's your thoughts on the inclusion of Paul Millsap? How, how much does that <laughs> elevate their level? I mean, if Paul Millsap went to, if he came to Boston, I would think that's not a bad pickup. Give me, <laughs> give me sixteen minutes a game, but for four of those minutes, you're going to go out of bench lineup, and we're going to give you the ball. And I think there's a few mm. points there, like Jabari Parker was meant to be for Boston last season. Paul Millsap on this Brooklyn team is going to do fuck all. He's not. Yeah. He's barely he's going to touch it. Um, he's not going to go. Because they've got enough talent where they're not going to need a bench scorer to target bench units. They're fine. They don't need him. He's not. He can't rebound anymore. He can't defend. 
Useless acquisition. That's it. Yeah. yeah, no, so that is an interesting one, but everyone just is lining up, of course, to try and get a ring. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets finished last season. You second. know, when you look back on it, you know, it's amazing that they finished second in terms of how many injuries they had all year. They basically didn't play together all year, the three of them. And they got a similar story coming into this season. But, I mean, I'd, I'd assume they're going to want to try and give it their all this season in the regular season, just because that's the way it sort of normally goes. I'd have the Brooklyn Nets jumping from second to first. What about yourself? They'll be number one in the East until Kyrie comes back, as you know. Um, <laughs> no, nah, they, they should finish first. I think they they should be the favourites to win it all. I think they probably convincingly are, but you don't you don't often see a team of this caliber with this much firepower with so many question marks. So, yep, you know it, it didn't feel like when LeBron, D Wade, and Bosch signed it was like right, this is how it's going to work and everyone could see it. Whereas now it's like none of them are good pass or great passes. Harden is, but the other two not so much. Um, you've got. Injury histories, you got the vaccine now, which who would have thought about that 12 months ago? Um, there's just a lot of question marks and just don't know how it's going to go. Let's move on. The Charlotte Hornets, uh, sort of not on the same side of the table. They finished 10th last season and they're a bit of a tricky one. They had a terrible loss in the preseason. Um, but <laughs> yeah, what was that about? To, you know, yeah, not to make anything of that, but, uh, I can't believe this, JL, but Bismack Bionbo doesn't have a team. He's out of the league, it seems. Mate, team team's getting too busy for Bismack. <laughs> what what is that is that what is it just busy? Is that his nickname, Busy? I think so. Surely. Unless you want to unless you want to oh, roll man. with Smack, but I think Busy's better. <laughs> yeah, so it hurts me a little bit to see that Bismack Bionbo is out of the league. He's just always a fun character. Uh Devontae Graham, who, you know, was sort of couple of seasons ago should have been was nominated for most improved mm. i think or something like that yeah um is now the new orleans pelicans the the martin brothers have been split up the caleb martin is in miami cody martin is staying in charlotte can you tell Other me that, can you tell me a difference in... between the two of them no i genuinely <laughs> wouldn't have a clue who's a good one no i i would have no idea um uh they they brought in Book Knight, um, it wouldn't do. Mate, stop reading it um, and just read my comment there. They didn't bring anyone in that's noteworthy. <laughs> <laughs> just cut straight to the I'm point. Trying. <laughs> what, I'm you reckon, trying. I'm trying. You reckon Ish Smith is going to be a difference maker? I'm trying to, you know, just in case there's any Charlotte fans, I'm trying to like be formal about it. <laughs> Um, Gordon Hayward, looked good. Gordon Hayward looked good on media day. So if you're a Charlotte fan, you've got that going for you. Uh, Charlotte, they'll, they'll be 10th, maybe 11th, maybe 9th. Not making the playoffs. <laughs> I don't care about Charlotte. Um, I do enjoy, I can't believe that I enjoy watching LaMelo Ball, but I really, really do. Kelly Oubre Jr. He's going to bring in some Instagram followers and that's about it. Um, that's it. You know, I love my boy Terry Rozier. He's playing well. He's actually playing to his contract, which no one thought he would. Miles Bridges can play. Hayward, I mentioned. But that's really about it. And it's not a team yeah. that strikes me as 
all those players are mentioned are quite one-dimensional, and that's not a playoff team. Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think it's gonna be disappointing. I think it's there. There might be a few people thinking that the Hornets are gonna uprise. Really, and we're gonna get <laughs> a bit of a. a that? <laughs> <laughs> well, because because that's what they that's what they're at. Like I know everyone's sort of aiming to do that. Some teams are trying to tank, but. You know, with Gordon Hayward and if you know a full season of Gordon Hayward, you know, second year of Lamelo Ball, uh, Miles Bridges, and you know PJ Washington, Terry Rozier, you know, Ish they're, Smith. they're trying to they're <laughs> trying to climb up the mountain, but I think we're going to get more of like the Atlanta Hawks from before last season effect, where you know they just get dumbed down because it's you realize they don't have enough good players. They just don't have enough good players, so. Other than the ones that I named, that's about it. And they're not even that great, some of them. <laughs> Talking about the Atlanta Hawks uh, example, I think the current Chicago Bulls are pretty much uh, a replica of what the Atlanta Hawks did in the last offseason. They've uh, put the foot down and they said, it's time, we're coming now. We're, we're being serious. We're getting some good players. They brought in Lonzo Ball, uh, Alex Caruso, the GOAT, some call him, DeMar DeRozan, uh, Derek Jones, Derek Jones Jr., who I think is a good defender at times, um, and of course they've got their Zach Levine, Nikola, Nikola Vucevic, um, Kobe White, Patrick Williams, and and others. Um, tell me about the Chicago Bulls. They finished last season eleventh. Surely they're going up. They were in that group that I listed before of, you know, sure, surely jumping up. Um, Lonzo who, you know, he's been criticized for so long and he's, I think he's finally found his role in the NBA um, and is becoming, a, you know, quite a good player. Not going to be an all-star, but will almost like a Kyle Lowry for a while. Obviously, Lowry did elevate a little bit higher, but just makes his teammates better, um, especially when he's got scorers around him like Levine, Vucevic and um, DeRozan as well. He's just going to be able to play his game of pushing the ball in transition and, you know, passing in the half court. And I think that's going to work well for him. Uh, some people uh, have asked the question about DeMar DeRozan, um, Lonzo, of course. Uh, of course, you got trying to fit in Patrick Williams and Zach Levine, all who can throw the ball at the hoop, unlike, you know, number 25 for the Sixers. Or will throw it, sorry, will throw the ball at the hoop. Um, what do you think about the fit, you know, of these players? You know, if they all have a bad shooting night, it can look pretty horrendous. I know that Vucevic is a is a shooting center. He's probably the most, you know, only offense center there is. You know, there's there's Jokic, but Jokic does a bit bit of everything, mm. to be honest. He's like a much higher caliber player. How do you think this is going to go on their worst nights? I mean, any team on the worst night's pretty awful. And I think with DeRozan shooting a lot of long twos, it's probably going to be a lot, of, a lot of back iron and a lot of long rebounds. Um, but no, I reckon, I reckon they're going to be a good team. I think Levine is where... I, maybe a hot take. I don't know if this is hot or not. This is my take anyway. Levine is better than Devin Booker. Uh-oh. Oh, oh. I reckon that's a hot take. So, yeah. and I think, you know, this year he, it always takes one year of, 
yeah, he's doing. You know, it takes a few years of uh, he's playing, he's scoring well. Oh, but it's empty stats, so it's, it's a low efficiency. Oh, he's scoring well. Oh, his efficiency's gone up a lot, but they're not winning. And then all of a sudden they start winning, and everyone's like, "Oh, I told you he was good from a long time ago." <laughs> I think he's at that point now where they're going to win games and people are going to realise how good he is. He's not going to be double teamed anymore. He's He can dish the ball. He's got three other scorers there that can help him out, especially with the, the spacing from Vooch. He's going to be able to get to the rim with ease this year. Well, it's going to be interesting to see. I am looking forward to um, this whole experiment and seeing it how it goes. It should go well, you'd think. And DeMar DeRozan is one of those players, similar a little bit to Jimmy Butler, that even if he's not going to shoot the ball, finds a way to get fouled. You know, even if the paint is packed, which it shouldn't be because of Vooch, um, you know, he finds a way. So it'll be good for Zach Levine to have the pressure taken off him sometimes. And I'll say they'll be definitely higher than 11th. I think they're going to be, as mentioned, in that pack fighting for like, you know, fifth and below. Did you see that, that preseason game that was just full of highlights? I didn't. Oh, Levine was throwing them down. DeRozan had a few. Caruso and Lonzo were just... Their, Lonzo's eyes were lighting up at the side of Caruso because he was throwing in that many passes. This is going to... if You know in America how when you get league pass, you get five teams? This would be a yeah. definite league pass team if we had that. Yep. That's it. Oh, uh, well, it's going to be interesting. The Chicago Bulls. All right, let's make this quick, even though you've got... So much, so much writing here. The Cleveland Cavaliers, yeah, <laughs> the, the the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, they've lost uh, the goat Dalvadova. He's come down to the NBL, um, and they also lost Larry Nance Jr., Torian Prince, and that's about it. They brought in Ed Davis, Taco Fall, Larry Markinen, and also, of course, last season with the Harden trade, they've got Jared Allen now. They've got the young kids such as Sexton, Garland, Sexland, Okoro, <laughs> Shetty Osman. You've got a lot to say about the, the Cavs. I it don't seems, really. So I've just got a lot of notes here it. on Kevin Love. Because <laughs> I don't know. What's going on with Kevin Love, Nath? Is he... I don't know. I felt like the, a trade's been coming for like two seasons. And then he signed a five-year deal and we're like... What the fuck is going on with Kevin Love? He's not good. He's just genuinely not a good basketball player anymore. They're owing him $64 I think, for the next two seasons. Um, He just... He can't play defense. He used to be known as someone (laughs) that stretched the floor, but now all the other, you know, all the other power forwards and centers can shoot the the ball pretty much as well as he can. So that skill is pretty much a moot point. He re- I, f- yep. I mentioned it already. He just can't defend at all. He, the only one time he did was against Curry in the Game 7 of the Finals, and somehow he managed to get a stop there. That's a fucking miracle. Um, he doesn't even rebound anymore, which was his best skill. And not only that, he stops the other guys getting minutes. So, is Kevin Love getting traded? I feel like Cleveland probably want him out, but who the fuck wants Kevin Love? That's my little rant. Yeah. Who, want, who wants that contract? I believe he's on a massive contract still. And as you're saying, why do you want to pay? Why does anyone do, even Cleveland, like the waivers? Why does anyone, you know, trade for that contract? Um, it's useless at the moment, even for like a championship team. It's just... And they're not going to buy him out. A, he's got too much money there. It's, yeah, he's genuinely right. stuck in no man's land. 
That's right. He's just going to keep rotting away and it's going to keep hurting Cleveland. So higher or lower than 13th? <laughs> lower somehow. No, I, <laughs> no, I, I mean, they'll probably stay around the same. They're not ready to take, like, to jump up, but they'll win a few games because Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, I, I like them and I've got there in the notes that for some reason, Colin Sexton gets criticized more than probably any other young player in the NBA. And he's not even on a, yep. like, a big in a big market. He's in fucking Cleveland, and people still talk shit about him. I don't get it. Um, and there's all those rumors all the time. There seems to be a lot of rumors. Yeah, what does he do? He doesn't. Why, why does he piss everyone off so much? Yeah, they don't like playing with him, or he doesn't like playing with them, or something. I don't. I don't know. I haven't looked too much into it. I just. I don't know if he's going to end up on the sixes for Ben Simmons. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Anyway, over to our first look at a Western Conference team. We're going in alphabetical order here. The Dallas Mavericks, who, of course, have some significant names on their team. They've gotten rid of, or JJ Redick has retired. Josh Richardson's gone. Um, They brought in uh, Moses Brown, Sterling Brown, Reggie Bullock, and Frank, Frankie Smokes, Milikina. (laughs) Um, They still have, of course, Luka Doncic, Chris Stapps, Paul Zingas, they have Boban, Tim Hardaway Jr. Not not a bad team. The main guy, of course, is Luka Doncic. Surely Luka wins MVP this season. Surely. I, If I had to bet, I'd be saying it's either Luka or Josh Giddy. Um, Surely one of the two of them. But <laughs> <laughs> there we go, we've got him. Um, no, Luka... I, I picked him from MVP last year. Didn't pan out, but I don't know. Surely he's he's the, probably the best player in the NBA in terms yep. of the situation. Like you've got players like Giannis, who will probably be taking it slightly more easy in the in the, uh, the regular season. You've got LeBron, who's going to be in the same thing. KD, he's going to be sharing minutes with with Harden. Um, you know, Luca's that one that's. He's got the ultimate green light. He's got nothing to worry about. It's just him putting up 25 shots a night and seeing what happens. Um, if he can elevate them to, you know, a three seed, that's his MVP well and truly. Yeah, I can't imagine him not being an MVP favorite for pretty much the rest of his career. And I think this might be the year that he gets it. Um just something feels like he was frustrated last season with, you know, multiple variables. Um, and I think he's just not going to take shit this season, you know. Um, surely they've had a word to him about the whole, the, because the the NBA is now not calling some of the, what are they not calling? The fake that lean in jump. Um, yeah, there's no actual name for it, but the the James Harden, the Steph Curry, the yeah, the Dwayne Wade, the yes. Dwayne Wade made it a thing. We've got to give him credit So for I think that. in general, we can expect the referees to crack down a bit harder on, unfortunately, some of the things we have come to expect from Luca, which is like whinging and um, expecting fouls. Surely someone has said to him, look, just, just attack the game mm. moving forward. And it's part of maturing as well. I'm not saying his whole personality is going to change, but I'm, I can just sense some, you know, some anger just driving him to focus and just easily get that MVP. The Dallas Mavericks last season finished in fifth. Where do you see them finishing this season? Higher or lower? Can I say? Can I say it stays put? 
You can. Um, I think they'll be this. Uh, they'll can. be similar. Um, I think a lot rides on Porzingis, and obviously last year nothing really, nothing really showed from that. Um, but from watching his preseason games, he wasn't just camping out on the three point line. He was actually involved in the offense. So that could be, you know, positive signs. It might just be coming into a new season and trying a few few new things, and it might revert back to the old. But that looked good. Um, you know, Finney Smith, he was great in the playoffs. Um, even Hardaway Jr. looked good in the playoffs. So they do have some names there that can hold their own. Maxi Kleber can play, but it feels like, again, like the Atlanta Hawks. And I feel like Luca and Trey are always going to be, you know, compared to each other from this point on. But those teams sort of do feel the same where it's very much a one-man band. Their Luca's MVP, weirdly enough, depends on how well the other players play. Yep. Yeah, I'd have to probably agree. The West is so hard to pick. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go up. I'm gonna say that the Dallas Mavericks will finish higher than fifth. I reckon somehow they're gonna either work it out or Luca's just gonna charge them to. You know, you got these teams like the Suns and the Jazz and the Denver Nuggets who will have a lot of the season without mm. um, Jamal Murray. So. I'm going to put the Mavs higher than fifth going into next season. I'm talking about the Denver Nuggets. They're up. That's who we're talking about. That's, uh, they're up. That's who we're talking about now. So they lost JaVale McGee and Paul Millsap. Um, and they brought in... Nothing's changed. They, that's it. They brought in Jeff Green. Jeff Green can be a handy sort of addition sometimes off the bench. Um, but no Murray until February or March... I mean, that's this is just it. It's it. It's like that's just the main story. Of course, there's the development of Michael Porter Jr. But so the Denver Nuggets finished third, straight into it without Jamal Murray for nearly the whole season. Where would you put them? They'll be in the playoff hunt. Um, I think Jokic. I, I I should actually apologise. I didn't mention him when I was saying uh, MVP candidates. Um, he just won it. But no, Jokic will be up there in MVP, I think. He's going to improve again. And I think it's going to go one of either two ways. This is going to be not a blessing in disguise, but this is really going to give MPJ that opportunity to have a green light. And Jokic will be feeding the ball. He's going to get plenty of open looks. And there's absolutely no reason to blame him for taking too many shots at this point. It's either going to help the team into, for when... Murray comes back and they've got, you know, a great third option there. Or we're going to find out that Denver's overpaid Michael Porter Jr. way too much. Yep. And they're going to be just stranded there in that no man's land. Like all, you know, so many small market teams do because they've got to overpay their young players. I believe it. I believe in his career. I believe it'll be the former. I think that he will be great on offense. And they did a great acquisition last season by getting Aaron Gordon because Jeremy Grant heading off to Detroit meant that the defensive downfalls of Michael Porter Jr. were no longer covered by Jeremy Grant. And Aaron Gordon helps make up for those, um, yeah, those defensive downfalls. So I, I believe in it, at least his offense and in terms of a point guard and just to fill in for the moment, you know, obviously there's big ch contracts, so you couldn't get someone too great. Um, Austin Rivers, man, he's such a good plug-in point guard. <laughs> he had some ripping games, um, you know, late for did. them last season. It and, surprised uh, me. Yeah. 
I thought oh, the I thought as the, I said the, I don't know I thought enough teams had trialed Austin Rivers where we knew what he was going to do, but every time he goes somewhere, he still has some something left in his bag, and I'm just waiting for that consistency to yeah. finally appear. But I don't think it's ever going to happen. Nah, he's always going to be that exactly what he is now. He's that plug-in um, point guard, maybe not even a... I don't know, I think he can be a backup point guard, but maybe not in the playoffs, who knows. But anyway, the Denver Nuggets, I think, of course, will slide from third, but the power of Jokic, Gordon, um, we'll see what Bol Bol turns into and Michael Porter Jr. Uh, I don't think it'll be as big of a slide as some people might think, but definitely lower than third. Uh, another quick one, like the Cavs. I know you're you love talking about the Detroit Pistons every year. <laughs> they got the number one. They got the number one pick this year. JL J, uh, Cade Cunningham, who in a really great draft. Can you give them any optimism this this season? Yeah, I can. They've brought in two superstars, mm. Cade Cunningham and Kelly Olynyk. The clinic. He's on. <laughs> um, no, in all honesty, this is going to be a shit show of a season for Detroit, but that's okay. Um, because yep. it's going to be another year of Grant, who we just mentioned, being that number one option. You've got Cunningham that can literally do whatever the fuck he wants. And, you know, it's some players thrive in that environment as a first-year player. Others are much better when, you know, they've only got five, six shots a night for the first few months and warm into it. But I think Cunningham's a good enough player where that works well for him. Um, just ultimate green light and he can just go for it. Other than that, there isn't really much to talk about. Killian Hayes, I was really high on. He did have a few sort of moments there, you know, towards the end of last season where he played well, but I'm just not sold yet. Sadiq Bay, though, was a great pickup. I think, was he the late first round or early second yeah. round? Um, he had one game hey, against... Something like that. I think he had 36 against Boston or something like that. He had like seven threes. Um, but, you know... Yeah, he's three points. Yeah. A, a power forward that can shoot. Um, I don't know, there's... There's potential there, but they're you know two to three years off pushing for the playoffs, let alone making any noise in the playoffs. Yeah, Sadiq Bay was definitely a steal. I think it can be fun. They're, they're now they're turning into one of those up and coming from the bottom bottom um, fun teams to tune into every now and then and just watch the particular players develop. Um, as we mentioned, uh, Sadiq Bay, Cade Cunningham. And a little bit of Killian Hayes, Killian Hayes, and that um, they finished last season. Sorry, they finished last season fifteenth. Can you see them finishing any higher? They can't go lower. <laughs> Who's going to get worse than them? <laughs> maybe Orlando. Yeah, I was going to say. I reckon there's maybe one maybe team that might. Toronto, surely not. Cleveland probably not. No, nah, I think nah. I think it's Detroit's to take out the York and they're the only ones. Imagine they get the number one pick again. That'll be Motor City will be buzzing next year. <laughs> anyway, moving on. The Golden State Warriors. What an interesting season we all have. Even neutral fans uh have to watch them. Uh they have brought in Nemanja Bielitsa, Chioza, Igadala, um Otto Porter. And they got rid of Kent Bazemore, Kelly Oubre. They signed... Did you see the whole Avery Bradley thing? How they signed Avery Bradley. <laughs> he, and then and then he said... He sucked he said, up more than any no player's offense, ever sucked up. 
Yeah. He said, no offense to the other organizations or to the other teams, but the Golden State Warriors is the best organization in the league or something that I've ever been with. Um, and then they waved him. <laughs> and for some reason, and not even like, I thought that was hilarious, but the fact that like for, I mean, he was a good player in Boston, but that was about it. Um, for a player of his caliber, he's been on great teams. He's played for the Celtics, the Lakers, Detroit, which we'll, we'll excuse, Miami. He's been on Golden State now. Like that is a good resume. And to talk about that after being there for a week, saying that the best organization top to bottom and then being cut... Uh, that is some <laughs> ultimate ass kicking, uh, ass kissing, and it made no difference. And just as I like, as soon as I saw that they waved him, I, my just instinct, I'm like, if the Lakers have a spot, they'll sign him, and of course they have. They've picked him up, pick, picked him up off waivers. The Los Angeles Lakers bringing the band back together. Uh, Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, Jordan Poole. Uh, Juan Toscano, Anderson, Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, and Damian Lee have all been retained. And there's a name I left out there because let's talk about him. Clay Thompson. He's coming back, I think, around Christmas. Um, first off, what are you expecting from Clay Thompson? Are we going to get the same Clay Thompson? No. Surely not. No. He might be as good as he was offensively. I, I, I doubt it, but he might. Mm. But he definitely won't be able to defend like he used to. I mean, no one comes back from an ACL. Oh, wait, and sorry, sorry, not many people come back from an ACL and can play like they used to. Not many people can come back well, from uh, well, an Achilles injury and play like they used to. Combine the two was of it, them. Was it, the, was it two ACLs or one ACL, one Achilles? I think it was one ACL, one Achilles, wasn't it? Yeah, that's... I mean, it's that's been definitely... like 800 days, so maybe it's been two ACLs. I'm, I'm because I'm getting because you can easily get mixed up with the Demarcus Cousins stuff, mm. but it's one of those. It's one of those. But anyway, go on. But yeah, I just think if it's definitely been at least one ACL and one Achilles, and both of those, they're the two hardest injuries to come back from. I don't see him making any effort on defense really. Um, offensively, I still reckon he's going to be able to shoot. It's just about how well he gets around screens. Um, but he. You know, the, the Warriors have been so slow with him and patient with him. I think he'll be all right in terms of how well he's going to move. But I just don't think the effort's going to be there defensively. So him coming back around Christmas, Steph Curry doing his whole MVP show. Again, my favorite player to watch in the league. Uh, they finished last season in eighth, but then they lost the play-in game, unfortunately. So didn't make the playoffs. They're finishing higher than eighth in the West this year? Yes, Maybe. Yes, <laughs> I'm not. I don't know. No, I think I think they do. Um, they're just going to have a bit more health this year. Obviously, having Clay back will help. Um, I think they've they just feel a bit deeper this year. So I'm going to go with a, a very cautious yes. I think that the uh, Western it's a bit of opposites here. The Eastern Conference with the Bulls and the Celtics, you know, revving up. Um, and you'd assume surely the Pacers and the Wizards all revving up a bit. Um, you get a, a sort of a lot more teams getting in the fight in the East. In the West, I think we've got a bit of the opposite effect. You, you know, up to you at home to to decide on your predictions about the Phoenix Suns. Nuggets have got no Murray. Clippers have got no Kawhi Leonard. The Mavericks always have Pazingas troubles. The Blazers, who knows? The Lakers, who knows with their age? 
I think there's a lot of uncertainty and there's like some teams that are going to drop out of the eight from last year. So I sort of agree with you. The Golden State Warriors, I'll go above eighth. You know, they sort of had their uncertainty time and I'll go above eighth, even if it is just seventh or whatever it ends up being. I'll um You'll take I'll, I'll take them above eighth. Um, the Houston Rockets talk about uncertainty. <laughs> uh, they they lost Avery Bradley, Dante Exum. They bloody they brought in and then let go the dogs. Um, they lost the clinic. Um, they brought in Jalen Green, of course, but that's about it. Daniel Tice. Don't you don't um, you say that's about it and then try and slide Danny Danny Tice in there suddenly. <laughs> Mate, he's gonna be an ultimate weapon for him. Yeah, they brought in a lot of lot, a lot of rookies. Um but they've got DJ Augustine. <laughs> How's he still in the league? <laughs> Eric Gordon, Daniel House, KJ Martin Jr. Kevin Porter Jr., there we go. I think we he's Moore, I, Chris, Christian Wood. KPJ is gonna be such an interesting one because I think for what was it a top fifty five protected pick, um, and obviously yeah. it was just because he had to get out of Cleveland. It wasn't like Cleveland th- thought that was his actual value; they just had to get rid of him. But he's already proven that he's worth that. Can can he just hold it together? Like that's a that's a man that's gone through some shit by the sounds of it and is struggling just to to be in the NBA in terms of his health. I wonder if this is going to be a good chance for him to show how good he is because he played well for him like towards the end of last season. So they might have got a diamond in the rough here that's really going to turn out for him. Yeah, I think they definitely have. And he's got a sort of agenda, a point to prove. He showed that last season. So I think he'll be nice for them. They finished last season 15th. They're finishing higher than that, you reckon? Stick him right where they are, I reckon. They're not moving. Yeah. About there, there can be some night. There could be a couple of nightmares that happen in the West, but I'd have to say leave him at fifteenth. Does John Wall get um, traded? Moving. No. <laughs> no, he he gets paid too much. He just get paid. He just gets paid too much. It's an it's like the Kevin Love situation. Of course, not as bad, but he would have to. I don't know. He would have to hack the computers at the NBA for me to find a trade for him because uh as much as it seems like it's the situation that he would get traded he's just getting paid too he's much. getting paid like 10 he's mil more that. a season than Kyrie or something like that so that, yeah, that puts he, it into perspective who's gonna take that contract anyway let's smash through these last two the end the indiana paces uh they've lost aaron holiday which is sad and dougie mcbuckets um <laughs> doug He's gone. They brought they brought in Tory Craig, who I always like as an addition. Uh, Brad Wanamaker, but that's about it. They've got their they've re-signed Malcolm Brogdon. Um, don't know if they re-signed all their other main guys, but uh, Karis Levert, I'm sure, will be staying. So will Sabonis, Turner for the time being, and TJ Warren. Where are the the Pacers finished uh, a humble ninth last season. Where are they finishing this season? Bottom three. Whoa. Yep. I'm calling it bottom Shit. three. Shit. Bottom three. Calling it. Yep. Uh, wow. Karis Levert is out for God knows how long. He's got stress fractures in his back. Um, TJ mm-hmm. Warren, I don't even know what injury he's got, but he's out, isn't he? Um, 
He was out. I'm not sure if he's back. I feel like he's out for ages, but you know, this is, might just be my off-season mind still being in place. Um, and I just don't think Sabonis and Turner will ever work. Um, so I think they're going to have to trade Turner at some point. And because he's sort of been on the market for so long, I don't think they're going to sell high. They're going to get a bag of chips for him. Um, and it's not going to it's not going to help him win. Yeah, that uh, Turner Sabonis sort of what are we calling it? An endeavor, mm-hmm. <laughs> the experience. <laughs> um, I th- I think that surely comes to an end within the next nine months. You know, before the end of the trade deadline, this has got to be the time where Turner finally gets traded. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm got a bit more hope for the the Pacers new coach. You know, they hated their coach last season. Um, and the year before that, they got a new coach. Yeah, they just yeah, and the year yeah, they did. That. So I think is it is it the coaches issue or is it the uh, just the personnel? <laughs> Might be a bit of both, but hopefully it all works out for them. I've got them in the hunt for that, as I said, fifth and below spots. I'm going to say above ninth for the Pacers, nah, even if they get yeah, you you're cooking knife. You got no idea. <laughs> this team is going even... to fall apart. Because they finished ninth, right? And the only team that I can see jumping them is the Bulls. And if you told me that, like, for example, the Knicks sort of stuffed it up again or the Wizards don't work out, you know, which were above the Pacers, I'd believe you. So Charlotte's better than Indiana. Chicago is better than Indiana. Surely Toronto are. Charlotte's not better than Indiana. Orlando will start the season... You know, nine and four like they always do, and then they won't win a game for three months, but they'll be better than Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move to the final team here, Los Angeles Clippers, and then this will end part one. Uh, Kawhi is out for a long time. They've lost Pat Bev, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, and Rondo. They've brought in Bledsoe uh, and Justice Winslow. Um, and Kawhi's out for a long time. Last season, the Clippers, man, they look good in the playoffs. I'm sad that Kawhi got injured. Um, They finished fourth. Finishing higher or lower than that? Lower. Surely lower. Much lower. Um, They'll they'll make the playoffs, but I don't believe that Paul George can carry a team by himself. Um, His best season was in 2018 where he finished third in the MVP race. But, you know, that was with Westbrook probably at... At his peak as well, um, you know, being one of the best facilitators in the league at that point. Um, the only other time we've really seen him lead a team was in Indiana, but he still had, you know, three or two or three other all stars around him. This season, don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, no, I don't have high hopes for the Clippers this season. I think it'll be nice. I think they'll make the playoffs, but definitely lower than fourth for me. Um, we'll see what happens with PG and Reggie Jackson and co JL. Yo. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the studio for the first time next week. Mate, I can't wait to give you a cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're finally out of a Melbourne lockdown. Um, so next week we'll be in the studio for part two, kicking off with the Los Angeles Lakers. Thank you for uh, joining us for this episode of the Bronx Shear basketball show. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. Hit that subscribe button and hit that notifications bell wherever you are. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>